You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 44. Episode 44 in the book, so... My sessions have kind of been evened out, went through a a little bit of a downswing, and now it's coming back up, but it's kind of more bouncing around in the middle, around, you know, kind of that break-even session, so yours is the real interesting one, so how you been running, Tylan? I mean, it had just been just a disaster. <laughs> That's I mean, not what we want to hear. Just a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'll, I mean, I guess I'll just get into a few interesting hands. I'll start. I'll start off because I actually, <laughs> I actually played some hands this week, other than like the last week or last two weeks because I was uh, busy two weeks ago and didn't get many hands last week. Which, like you and I always talk about, when you're on a downswing, if you're not logging those hours, it can feel like the downswing is lasting forever. Yeah, that's we like we kind of noticed like your downswings like earlier in the podcast were not near as bad as mine. Because you are just putting in so much more volume. Well, if you're a winning player, eventually as you put more and more volume in, you're going to have those upswings that kind of go there. But if you're, I mean, if you're not putting in the volume, then it just, those downswings can seem like they're just going on forever. It's kind of one of those things like you always hear volume cures variance. Exactly. So actually got some volume in this week. So uh, the first interesting hand I had for you, I guess it wasn't interesting. I had just got a wild hair that I thought I might do something dumb. I'll let you. I'll, I'll explain it to you first. I have pocket jacks under the gun. I make it fifteen. I get one caller, then I get three bet to forty-five. Um, so I'm already calling that right. Just given. Do, uh, do we know what your stack size was? Um, let me think. It should be. It was the first hand. About. I would think six to seven hundred. Okay, I like. I think a lot of people will like a four bet here. I the way I like jacks. I just I like a call here. Oh, it's not even back to me yet. Oh, really? So it gets three bet to forty five. Three people call the forty five. Oh God! Okay, this really does. Now you can really start thinking four bet. Uh, but here's here's the problem in low limit poker. A, there are a lot of people whose three bets are. Ace, king, aces, kings, and queens. Uh, let's say I let's say you four bet here and squeeze. It's probably not the worst play, but if you get five bet, it's a disaster because you have pretty good equity. I mean, if someone has kings and it comes a jack high flop, I mean you could be playing for stacks and be in great position. So I like a call. Um, I mean, and my, my issue with it was it, with the squeeze is that with the bet would have to be gigantic. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I bet, mean, I mean, God, you're, I mean, it might have to be a jam at that that's point. That's exactly my point. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this bet would just have to be so massive for me and I might just get snapped off by aces. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, it sounds like you went call on this too. I did go call, but I thought about it for a second and thought maybe I just rip it in here and just try to take it down, I guess. I thought about it, but then I thought that might also just be so dumb and low limit uh, putting in 
um, would that be a four bet without? Well, especially if you just sat at the table. Because I think it'd be one thing if you know this person just capable of three betting all kinds of stuff. And uh, but if this is just someone you don't really have any, you know, a history of hands with, I think that also leans itself more to just a call. Um, and like I said, that's what I did. And the flop came. Um, so I called the original razor calls too. Okay, so we're we're multiple ways of flop, like six ways of the flop. <laughs> yeah, for forty five okay. each. Okay. The flop comes. A seven seven. I mean, like it, it's one thing if this is heads up, I'm I'm probably gonna stick around. But with it six ways to the flop, this is just a disaster for you. So and then the small blind donks out for twenty bucks. Okay, small blind donks out. What are you, is it on you now? Uh, yeah. God, this is. I hate this twenty dollar bet. I uh, loved it. I mean, I'll just say what I did. Yeah. I mean, I just folded. I was just done. I mean, there's way too much action behind me. I mean, what if this yeah. gets repopped on me? I mean, are you really looking to play with stacks on an ace high flop with pocket jacks, and anyone could just have like six seven and just have you pretty much? Well, you still have two outs, but you know. I mean, I like I like that fold. I mean, like twenty dollars is so little into the spot, but it's it's like you said. I mean, you're basically when you call this, you're just torching twenty dollars. Yeah, and it and I folded. And it got raised, and you know they ended up playing for stacks, and um, she had pocket tens. Pocket. She, she had pocket tens there when all the money went in. Um, and you were good. You would have been good. The guy who called had ace deuce. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes way more sense. God, people play so badly. I mean, what? Six ways to the flop, ace seven seven, and she leads out for pop pocket tens into the pre flop raise three better. Here's my thought though. If I put in that four bet, ace deuce is out of there. Pocket tens probably sticking around if they're stacking off. That's. Very results-oriented, but very true. Well, I mean, maybe not even... I mean, it is results-oriented, but it also proves the theory, right? Because that guy wasn't the original Razor with the ace-deuce. He completed behind me. He was the one who made it... Uh, who called the 15. But yeah. after it went... He made it 15. He got three bet. 45, 45, 45. Everyone calls 45. He only has to put 30 more in. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, I mean, we, but I mean, we don't know what the three better had either. That was my. I mean, that was he could me, have queens here. That was my point. Yeah, that was gonna be my next point. Um, but I thought that was kind of an interesting hand. Yeah, I mean, pretty standard for me, I think. But I thought it was, you know, at least noteworthy. That was that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and then it was the story of me getting dealt good cards, and just missing. Like when I say good cards, I mean pocket pairs over and over again and missing that really eats into the stack pretty quick it really does it's very frustrating this is and i mean people are gonna crush this but i've heard really good players also i mean uh, from poker coaching and everything uh step behind this for like small pocket pairs like fives fours i will never open limp but i have started over limping just because like you said I mean, a lot of times if I if I raise to fifteen, it's going four or five ways to the flop, and then you're looking at a miss where it's just torching fifteen dollars at a time. Uh, 
an overlimp where there's more implied odds and people will stack off with top pair and stuff like that. I've kind of added that into my game a little bit with like these small pairs. Oh yeah, and I mean, shout out to one of the vloggers, um, Kyle Fischel. He in one of his vlogs, he actually, you know, kind of broke down like that same theory of the limping with the pocket pairs and the suited low suited aces. Yeah. Or any suited aces in multi-way pots at low limits because you can just the implied odds are just gigantic. Yeah, I mean, well, like say, like it just gets crushed. But let's say you're you're raising fifteen and it's you know let's say it's average three hundred dollar stack sizes. Your implied odds are not that great, and you're the one giving yourself. Now, like I say, I will if if it comes to me, I'll never open limp and I will raise, but. I mean, if one person calls, another person calls, and I can feel like you can get better odds. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Kyle Fischel. I remember Kyle Fischel saying like that with the suited aces, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the suited aces and the pocket pairs. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to talk about exploitative. I mean, if you see me calling or uh, limping behind, I have a pocket pair of suited ace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think that's the thing about like limping uh, limping. Is like well, you're like your hands are face up because you're gonna have these. Okay, that's fine. But here's the thing: when you're playing multi-way poker and a multi-way to the pot, if you're not playing kind of face up, just what your the hand your hand strength anyways. I mean, you're gonna be exploited to no end. So <laughs> you're just gonna lose your money. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, shout out to Kyle Fisher on that one because I mean he talked about that and I've just seen just great results with that. I mean, yeah, that seems to... I mean, hitting the nuts with a ton of people in the hand who can call with less, it's a good strategy by him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he wrote it in any book, but I can get behind it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say it's been pretty good here, too. <laughs> yeah, once I um, started doing that, I've seen pretty good results. But I have another interesting hand for you. And this was based... I mean, it's kind of rough that this is the hand of the session, Okay. But this is the hand of the session. Well, um, I'm in the big. <laughs> I'm in the big blind with seven eight offsuit. Um, it limps around. I just check. I like this. The flop is seven eight five rainbow. I bet fifteen. I instantly get raised to forty five. I'm like, well, I mean, I was like, well, that's kind of tough. Um. So then I put in the call. Do you like that? Uh, yeah. I feel like top is very kind of like, I mean, here's a promise. Nobody can ever have an overpair here since it was just limped around to you. Uh, but people will have, it was seven, eight. What was the flop? Five, seven, eight. I mean, people could have five, seven rays here, eight, five rays here. Uh, was there a flush strong? Um, no. Uh, then Could yeah, have, I, I, I think two top two pairs way too way too strong to fold here. Yeah, I like that. So I put in the call. Um, the turn is an ace bringing in a flush draw, so now it's like ace ace five seven eight with like two clubs. Okay, so this doesn't change that much. I check, and he bets gigantic like. 250 300 something real big oh 
God, this is such a this is a tough spot here. Yeah, I mean, basically an all in for me because I was short stacked. Right. So I mean, any call here is essentially an all in. Okay. Um. So I think and I think, and then I end up folding. And um, when he went to fold, I saw he flashed a four, and he told me he had six floor for the flop straight. I mean, that's very believable. I mean, li- I mean, limp pot. I mean, it, this is the problem is like, you're really, I mean, you flop so strong here, but there's so few hands that this person could be representing. It's a, uh, so, I mean, in most, and considering you block top two pair, I mean, it seems like either six four, six four or pocket fours are the only two hands that make any sense here. Probably pocket fives. Oh right? no, I'm sorry, yeah. pocket fives. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I was uh, like, that's a disaster of a fold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a uh, a really good fold by you, because I, I remember you texting me this hand. I was like, there's a good chance I might get stacked here, uh, but I like the fold because everything he's representing has you has you beat here, so. And then, like, you and I had talked about off the podcast is, I mean, you need to start making some folds to people who are representing. Or if we can't be what they're representing and they're never bluffing, probably shouldn't be calling, hoping that they're on a draw or bluffing. Yeah, 100%. And I, like I say, it'd be different, too, in a raise pot where someone could be overvaluing aces, kings, or something like that. But in this limp pot, it's actually even more dangerous. Exactly. Um and then, I mean, that was the hand of the night, which kind of, I'm sure you can imagine the mood I'm in. Um, <laughs> that was my big hand. Well, that was a great play, though. Um, but, so I have this person to my right, right? And she's, every hand, I mean, you can definitely tell that she's new. Because, she's like, just some of the terminology and stuff and how she's uh, arranging her chips and everything. And every hand she takes, like... 30 seconds pre-flop to make a decision doesn't sound like a lot, but every single hand, but what's taking her time is she doesn't even pick the cards up to look at them. She sits there and waits and then picks up the cards and looks at them. That is really, I mean, the pre-flop tanks are probably one of the more annoying things. Like a hundred percent. I agree. They're the one of the more annoying things in poker. So we're already burning time with that, right? And then, um, so I'm just sitting there, you know, just waiting for her to do whatever. So then she folds, I fold. And then she goes, do you want to hear a joke? Sure. You know. <laughs> yeah, you, mean, you're trying to be, you know, somewhat sociable, somewhat nice. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'm not trying to be sociable. I'm currently watching a video on my phone. That is super, Yeah. Me and you talked about this, and you have different moods when you go to the table. Sometimes you it's a social game, and you want to interact with people. But other times, you just kind of want to play your cards and be left alone. And like you have, if you have headphones on and a video and all that, I'll probably only do it like 20% of the time I'm at the table. But if I'm doing that, it, I tell you what, if you can't pick up on that read that that person wants to be left alone, then poker's probably not your game. <laughs> but, okay, so she says that. I said, sure. So I'm expecting just like, but up, boom. Say something, punchline, done. Right. So I'm expecting. 
She starts mumbling kind of quietly. I can't really hear her. The action's on her. She's still trying to tell her joke. I tell her, you know, like, she should probably focus on this hand for a second. So then she goes, she calls the best. I was like, all right. Because she was like, well, grab grab a hair out of my hand, like an imaginary, like, hair out of my hand. And I was like, I mean, I don't really want to touch your hand. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I'm going to go to the restroom while she plays this hand. I come back. Go Because well, no, she goes, grab this out of your, my hand and put it on your face. And I was like, but it's all imaginary. I was like, yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm going to walk away. So I went to the restroom <laughs> and I come back and then we're playing or whatever. And she's like, do you want to hear that joke again? I told her, you know what? I'm actually all set. <laughs> I'm actually all good on jokes. I think, she's like, I didn't mean to offend you. I said, no, I think just that half of one, just I'm good for the day. <laughs> I mean, so I said, I think that was, that just, that hit the spot, you know, that, that first, that intro and I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> this, is, this has got to be an awkward situation. I mean, you're still sitting next to the person. It's not like you can be like, no, I'm good, and walk away. I mean, you're like, no, no, that that bombed. You're, I mean, because that's how it is. You're like, no, I don't really want to hear your joke or talk to you or anything, but you're sitting right there next to the person. This has to be a super awkward situation. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I figured if I walked away in the middle of the joke, maybe take the hint. Yeah. But well, I mean, it, okay. If a person's asking you if you want to hear a joke, and you were sitting there with headphones in watching a video, this person hints they're not getting through to this one. <laughs> so um, I ended up leaving with one hundred sixty dollars. Uh, sounds like a bad session for you because i'm sure you did not buy in for 160 dollars. <laughs> i definitely didn't buy him to make it a profit <laughs> uh, yeah so it's not a great session for me i thought that was interesting though nice to finally see a fold i mean i guess like you and i said making that fold there is the same as saving 160 dollars. i mean it's a hundred percent the same so it's a well, I mean, even more than $160, because you said it was more, it was like 300 to call. I mean, it would have been an all-in for me. Oh, uh, okay. You only had like 160 of it. No, no, no. Like, I had more. Then I played longer, so I lost money, how that goes. Well, yeah, but... But I'm saying, like, if I get stacked there, I make zero. Or I, I leave with zero. Yeah. If I fold, I get to keep playing, win or lose, right? Like, let's say I ran it up, but... If I get stacked there and go home, I leave with zero. So I folded, continued playing, and then left with $160 when I would have left with zero. That's true. I mean, that's kind of weird. I mean, like, I think every play kind of has to be evaluated on itself, like the money that you would have saved. Because, I mean, you could also, like, that play is its own entity. Like, if you end up doubling up and you would have had that money there, like, later in the in the session, well, then it becomes, you know... $700 because you wouldn't have that money to even double up. So I don't know. I like, I kind of, the way I look at it, I kind of like to, I just like to hear that, you know, you're making a good fold in that exact moment. There you go. Well, I just look at it as a, just maybe just to help me sleep at night is the fold was a $160 fold. You know what? Whatever keeps you making good folds, you think of it however that works. Um. Well, I guess on that note, I'll just get right into the next session because, I mean, I kind of kept that whole theme. Okay. Um, so I went and played at Paramount and um I was playing extremely tight, but I bought in I didn't have that much cash on me. I mean it sound I mean, you would think buying in for two hundred and fifty to a one two game would be a lot or okay. enough, but 
It's pretty short stacked whenever you arrive at like midnight. Yeah. Because the game's been running and stuff. So uh, it's pretty short stacked. Um, I get pocket jacks on the big blind. I make it like 20. I get two calls. Everyone's like, wow, this guy must have something real good. He hasn't played a hand in an hour or whatever, 40 minutes. Okay. And uh, the flop comes king, five, six, rainbow. King, five, six, rainbow. And what were you pre-flop? Pocket jacks. Pocket jacks. Okay. And I made it 20, so there's 60 in there. Okay. Um, Are you C-betting this? I probably two ways have some showdown. I'm probably going to use this as a check call scenario. It's uh, three ways. It's me and two others. Yeah, two more. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just meant two others. Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm probably going to use this as a check call. I ended up, I was like, I would love to get a fold here. But I'd play ace-king the same way, hopefully. Unless I feel like getting stacked, I guess. But um, So I bet 30. I mean, I don't mind this at all. I mean, I think I, I lean to our check, check call, but it's like 55-45. Um, everyone snap folds. I like that. I was so happy. <laughs> but, okay, so here's here's where we actually start getting some pretty interesting hands, though. Uh, King-Queen suited, I raised to 10, two callers. Flop comes, uh, Queen-10-5, all diamonds. I don't have a diamond. Okay. I still think I should be betting here. A hundred percent agree. Okay. I mean, very. It's very unlikely. So, I mean, the problem is, is an ace of diamonds, single ace of diamonds, could really put the squeeze on you here. But that being said, it's very hard to flop a flush. I am thinking my queen's good until something tells me it's not. I bet twenty five. I get jammed on for seventy five. And I was like, okay, I can probably call this reasonably. Is what I was thinking at the time. Right. Like, this could just be, like, a high spate diamond. That's what I was thinking. Like, these are always really tough spots, because oh, what this is, is, it seems like either a flush or, like you say, a high diamond. So, the problem being is when you call this and it's a high diamond, they got really good equity against you. And when you call and they flopped a flush, I mean, you got, you're drawing basically dead. Right, other than backdoor boat outs. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the other guy calls. Oh, now I'm definitely folding. Yeah, I fold. Like you, I would have been tempted on the other one, but yeah. I folded. Uh, the original guy had ace-deuce with the ace of diamonds, deuce of clubs. The other guy had queen-ten. Oh, God. This actually worked out as good as it could for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, guy didn't hit his diamond matters well I mean I don't know I know it would have kept me up at night <laughs> I mean I don't know <laughs> I don't know if anyone cares <laughs> to that guy who had the queen 10 he held um and then here was I basically had two more interesting hands and that was it this one was probably the more interesting hand of the session or the yeah this is probably the hand defining um the, the, the wow the defining moment of the session. Okay. I have queen, king, queen of hearts. I make it 20 if it's a straddle. I get raised by someone who doesn't normally raise to 40. Okay. One caller, I call. 120 in the pot. 
Um, the flop comes king, 10, 7 with two clubs. I know this player. He's more than likely he's going to be checking this through. He's very passive, right? Okay. I bet 35. He ships it on me. For how much? Um. Uh, it was like 280. Oh, yeah. I guess a passive player. I definitely want, yeah. Definitely a folder here, right? Um, so I actually showed him my hand and folded, and then mm-hmm. he flipped over pocket sevens for the flop bottom set. This is something that, I mean, this is a leak in me and your ga- game that I've noticed both of us doing better on is these check raise flops or these raised or even just bet raise flops. I mean, they're just so nutted. And a lot of times me and you know, like you could be doing this with draws, but at little limit poker, just, it's not doing, it's not doing that. So I was really, really happy to see you make an exploitative fold there. Yeah, me too. But, uh, and then I had one PLO hand where I had, I mean, the moral stories, I had ace, three of spades, flop came, uh, that same player raised in PLO, which was even more rare. Um, the flop came three three queen, and um, I bet small, and then he went all in, and uh, like I said, I bet small. I bet like just over half pot, and then he went pot on me, and I folded face up, and he said he had pocket queens. So, I mean, that was. I mean, if he has pocket queens here, that's an amazing fold because I do think I'm getting stacked there. I mean, he looked super upset when I showed him what I was folding. I mean, that's a hell of a fault. Well, because I noticed, like, people... Like, one of the leaks, it seems like, in PLO is people think aces and kings are way better than they are. Uh, which, I mean, they're very good if you can get the stacks mostly in by the by the flop. But otherwise, it's basically just a drawing hand. Uh, I think your fold is better than I can do here. I think you, I think you make a fold that... Well, I mean, and here's the other thing. Would that have been your all-in? Um, I mean, it, w- it would have left me with some behind, but not much. Yeah, it's so, I mean, you basically have to jam. If yeah, you exactly. That's a great fold, man. I don't think that I... I'm not sure if I'm capable of making that fold, so that's something I might get stacked on there. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, kind of player type as well, and once I folded, I was pretty sure it was the right fold because how upset he looked. Yeah. I'm not really upset, but just kind of annoyed. And then, like, maybe 15 minutes later, he told me it was a really good fold. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a really good one, I have to say. That's a... Uh, so, made a $163. Woo-woo! You know what? <laughs> With the way you've been running lately, $163, $163. Here's a better way to look at it. 45 bucks an hour. There you go. You're taking 45 bucks an hour every day of the week. Uh... Is that the is that your uh, um, last session that you were at? That is it for me. That I mean, it wasn't many hands, but I actually did play a lot of hours. I would just I've been pretty card dead. Um, I got aces one time in that session, but the flop came paired. I bet a little. He folded. The person next to me claimed that they would have had quads. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm gonna try to run through these. Me and you are about to head to a tournament over at Texas Card House, so I'm gonna try to knock these out pretty quickly and i mean 
And then luckily I didn't have any notes. So <laughs> I hadn't been so I came off of Vegas running pretty hot. Uh then got hit at with a one outer to lose my entire stack at the new one oh one. That was kind of tough to take a four hundred dollar hit. I go to Texas Avenue and College Station, which is a really nice club. If you haven't been there and you live in around the Houston College Station area, definitely check it out. It's a. Uh, it, I just went there, and I mean, the minute I sat down, played like absolute dog crap. <laughs> it was one of those days. I feel like I probably just did not feel like being at the table, but. I was calling three bets that I had no business calling. I was just doing all kinds of things that were not great. I I finally, I go... But, like, I mean, that's one of the other things, too, is, like, playing... Whenever you show up and you don't want to be there, we've all done it, and I feel like we always talk about that's whenever poker becomes less of a hobby and you're treating it more of a job. Yeah, I think that must have been, yeah, I was trying to get my hours, but yeah, I went in there and just, like I said, it wasn't anything horrible, horrible, but there were three bets I should not have been calling. There were hands that just probably shouldn't have been played. Uh, (laughs) Not even probably. There was definitely hands that shouldn't have been played. (laughs) But sure enough, so they, they do a reverse button, like everywhere in Texas, but everywhere in Texas, Omaha. At Texas Avenue, it's Dealer's Choice, which is always Omaha or Omaha Hollow. So I end up in a high-low hand, and I get, I mean, a ridiculously good hand. Uh, Ace, Deuce, 3, 5. I mean, there's like pocket aces times 5 and hold them. This is an amazing hand. (laughs) My excitement definitely explains why I had to break it down. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you stone face. Just what? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, and and on top of it, the ace is suited. I bump it up, get a decent second, get a decent uh, low draw. And then the guy ends up having a hand that's even better than mine. It was like, I mean, after the flop, but I end up taking that pot for a big hit. I end up having rivering like a two pair that's better, and then we chop the low. So I actually come up to close to even, and then I flop two pair. The guy, I bet the guy calls... And then it makes a kind of obvious, but was a gutter shot, gutter ball straight. I raise, and the guy re-raises all in, and I'm like, and I, it's one of those where I just feel like you've been pushed around a lot through the session, and I'll just, I ended up making kind of a frustration call. Um, was this PLO or Hold'em? This was Hold'em. Okay, so the gut shot hit, you had two pair? Yeah, I think I flopped like King, I think I had, you know, I had exactly King 10, flopped King 10. And then the queen came, and he ended up having ace-jack for the gutter. So, I mean, king-queen has me beat uh, the gutter. I guess it's probably not the worst, worst call, but it was there was a lot of frustration there. I was, it was one of those where I, I wasn't running that great, and I was playing. I wasn't playing great and not running great, which leads to disaster. 
<laughs> yeah, everyone. But I mean, everyone's been there too. So. Yeah. So end up. Uh, that's pretty much the hand that basically takes me out. So I end up there for a, f- a negative four fifteen. So, which is kind of frustrating when in Vegas I was I came back with like you know a twelve like a I think it was like eleven hundred dollar win. So now I'm back to just even before I went to Vegas, and I mean one of those was a one outer, and I mean you know variance you just deal with it, but God you're just like man I'm trying to I'm trying to get on this upswing and it just get keeps getting knocked down. Uh, I go to Paramount. And just one of those sessions that every like I'm not playing bad this session. It's just one of those sessions that, you know you can't hit anything when you raise pre flop. It's a complete miss in a four wave pot. Uh, every draw misses. I mean you don't hit a set or anything. So finally, I end up in a Omaha hand. It's a double board bomb pot Omaha. So I'm get convoluted. Uh. <laughs> I basically flop a wrap on the top board, uh, but there is a flush draw. So I end up with like it's probably like eleven or twelve outs that aren't that don't hit make the flush, and then on the bottom board I'm open ended with a shit end of the flush draw and a pair. Some guy jams, another guy calls. I have like maybe a hundred and. 50 in front of me and I'm like you know what I guess this is what I'm going to have to go with I mean I haven't hit anything all night I'm not sure it's probably not a that bad of a call or it wouldn't be a bad fold either uh, I also have pocket 7's in this hand I mean there's no 7 or anything so it doesn't really but the turn on the top board which is the board I'm really playing ends up pairing the board. And I'm like, well, this is how this night's going. I mean, I'm I'm probably running dead like literally the, on the turn. Uh, the turn on the bottom does nothing. I don't hit the straight. On the river, I is a seven. Which is fairly weird because the, that one outer was a seven on the other, on the other <laughs> one. Uh, and it was a seven, giving me a full house. So... I show my full house. Oh, and the bottom is a is another four. So I now have gone from having literally nothing, ace high, or a pair of fours, to full house and trip fours. I'm like, oh, God, this could be one of the worst calls I've ever made, and I might scoop this gig- pretty decent-sized spot. Uh, I show my full house up top. I'm good. The guy to my right looks... We've been talking. I've been being friendly pretty uh the night this is not friendly anymore. He is he is annoyed as hell. I don't know what he had, but he had me beat before that seven. Uh, and then down low, I'm like, ooh, is this four good? But someone had the uh, full house on there, too. Oh, I wanted to hear that you were scooping it. Yeah, so, and then from that, it just bolsters me. Uh, I end up getting, like, two hands later, ace-king. Uh, I ray, it's a straddle. It's five, so he straddles to five because it's at Paramount. I make it 20, hoping to get some action. Well, it comes around. A guy makes it 100. Well, then the guy who just lost that bomb pot against me 
just goes all in for like one sixty or something. He had rebought. So obviously I go ball in over the top. I mean him. The other guy who has a hundred doesn't have that much more than he did. And what's your hand? Uh, Ace King. Ace King. Got it. Okay. So we get it all. So a we get it all in pre-flop. Uh, the guy next to me, who I thought was actually just tilted, and did not think he's going to be that strong, has pocket queens. The guy who made it a hundred has pocket tens. Not have Ace King. Just hoping for a prayer. And the flop is Ace King. So and that holds. So that ended up being. I mean, I, it wasn't a gigantic session. It was a. Uh, was only up 244 at the end of that session, but it was nice because it was one of those sessions that easily could have been a losing session. Yeah, I mean, always nice on those type of sessions because, I mean, like we always say, some sessions you're just going to win no matter what you do. Yeah. And some you're going to lose no matter what you do. But I really think those sessions where your decisions and your play come in to play to determine it really are a nice takeaway win. Yeah, it uh, was really nice to get a... I, uh, uh, that win, because like I say, it very much seemed like it was going to be one of those that you're just walking away with a big flat zero the entire night. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll bring up one more thing before we go. Oh, I got two more. Oh, shoot. All right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's like, hurry, hurry the hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the tournament starts in 20 minutes and we have an hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this kind of, uh, I definitely wanted to bring this up though, because it was a very interesting, well, it kind of like just shows how variance goes. So there's, I've been playing this kind of like with friends, like this one, one game. Okay. And, you know, not big game or anything like that, but it was, this is the easiest game. I mean, you can't think of an easier game. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's just randomly calling or betting with everything. And I get, like, I can't really get myself, like, I don't play as good as I do when I'm really grinding. But, I mean, I don't vary that much because I don't want to change it up because then you get in bad habits. But... I get top pair, and someone turns or rivers two pair all night long. It was the most cr- the craziest thing, and I end up with a $200 loss. But I was mostly just thinking, this is kind of great, because this run's going to happen at some point. I'd much rather have this, this happen at 1-1 rather than, you know, 1-3 or 2-5 or something like that. Well, that's like the same thing. Like when I think it was Jonathan Little said, like everyone experiences different types of variants. Like if the game is being straddled on and off and you get pocket aces and the straddle happens to be off, that's not, I mean, that's bad run right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're going to get set over set sometimes, right? Happened to me in gigantic games. Much rather it happen in a 1-1 game. Yeah, I mean, you just, it's really nice when the bad variance happens at something like that, because you have no control over it. Right, but it's kind of weird to think, like, that's a whole other, like, luck factor, too. Is oh. You're going to hit gigantic hands, hopefully you're at a big game, and, I mean, you're going to get coolered, and hopefully it's at this free roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that was, like, at that Paramount free roll, when I went on that complete, never run hotter in my life. Was down to one big blind, got dealt pocket aces, and came in second. Oh God! Never run hotter in my life. I won like two hundred bucks. <laughs> 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 and I mean, I won two hundred bucks. I think I was in for like 
60 yeah it's all day affair yeah <laughs> so, yeah i mean that's... That's, i mean i would love to never run hotter in my life at the five five ten. <laughs> yeah but... no no kidding when you're 510 vegas or something you know to yeah. run where you can't miss uh so the last session i'm going to go over i go to prime which is a great it was a pretty cool experience because it was that day that was just like freezing outside at like 25 degrees and they had it in that lit they had all the tables going on in the little room that no you never play in which seemed cool at first and then they have this huge fire pit that goes through and i get the i get the chair like right next to it i'm like oh god this is so nice it's super cold i get to play right, right by the fire until i realize that fire is freaking hot <laughs> Oh my god, it was burning the shit out of me I, like 10 minutes into it. I was like, Christ. I was thinking that. I was like, this doesn't sound that great. It did not end up being that great. I was like, maybe you were soaking wet when you arrived. But... <laughs> and you, once you dried, it was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was. It felt good. It felt amazing for five minutes. After that, it felt like I was in literal hell. <laughs> It's uh, and then I get in this game, and like, there's a lot of three betting. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a tough game. Ends up being one of the best games. I mean, easy. Uh, but for the most part, I just run card dead. I I get three bet a few times. I'll call like, I'm in that weird position with ace queen where I make a call, and end up missing the flop, end up folding. Uh, nothing's really happening, and then I end up with ace king. And it goes raise, like call, call, call. And, I mean, the raises were pretty big. They're more than the average 1-3 game. It was probably like 20. Wait, so you have ace-king. You raise or they raise before it got to you? They raise before it gets to me. So it's probably like 20, and there's probably like four people in the pot. Oh, I love this situation. Uh, I make it 110. Um... Maybe it was just 15. I forget, but it was... 110 was pretty... I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, so... I mean, I was like, I kind of... That's pretty yeah. good. That's sizable. I like that. I mean, I like it because it's one of those numbers that if I get a call, I'm pretty okay. Uh, and if I get a fold, I'm pretty okay. And also, you do kind of want to see some folds out of some people. You don't want to take this five ways or whatever. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, and it's ace-king suited. Ace-king of clubs. It goes around, and this guy... Uh, kind of looks me up and down for a long time and ends up making the call for 110. Well, the guy next to him, he hasn't folded. I mean, he, he is not folding to any three bets. He calls. Uh, and I'm like, oh, God, please don't, you know, please don't let me whiff this. I mean, did not whiff. Uh, hit the king with two clubs. So flopped it. At top, top with a nut flush draw. Uh, I'm like, well, God almighty, what do I do here? Because I, I didn't have that much behind. And end up going. I end up just deciding to bet a hundred. Okay, I was debating the check jam route, but with that drunk player behind you, I mean, kind of just depending on stack size. I mean, it was it was this isn't that far off because a hundred. You got to think a hundred is like definitely. Less, it's probably like twenty. It's yeah. maybe like twenty percent of the pot, right? So it's a. It's kind of what I'm going for, like some weakness. Like, I could do this with a king, and I could also do this just do it, hoping to get a fold. Right, with pocket queens, pocket yeah. jacks, yeah. And it, 
I kind of want to show. I, I think it looks kind of weak, and apparently it did because the guy next just jams all over the top of me, and the other guy folds. I call, and he never showed. I mean, uh, but I was good, so it was ended up being a very. Uh, and then I it was one of those games where this was just an amazing game. Everybody was deep stacked as hell. Everybody was calling, just light calls all the way down. I end up making top pair, getting a call three streets of value on a couple hands. Uh, but it was one of those one of those tables where everybody's so deep stacked, it only takes one person to hit that second pair. And I moved from the seat where I was burning, but there's so many tables in that little ass room that you were like jammed. The person at the other table was back to back with you, and you were just very claustrophobic in there for that many people. Well, I definitely can kind of tell I'd probably only normally run one table in there, huh? Yeah, it would be a, that would be a really cool room and I think they should use it more, but they should definitely take a table or two out of there to like give it more room. Cause it was very, it was very awkward with as many, like as many tables that were going on. It was just, it, everything felt way too crammed. So eventually I was like, this is too uncomfortable, and I got a decent profit. I'm just going to go ahead and call it good. So I ended up making 784 on that session. That's super nice. So, yeah, that was real, I was pretty happy with that. And I guess I'll conclude with this then. Okay. Just uh, give you a little topic to talk about before we end. I'm at Paramount. Um, I have Ace-King. It goes, someone raises, I'm I'm in uh, the hijack. So it goes like um, the $5 button shuttle, the, the big blind call, uh, small blind calls, big blind calls. Someone then raises to like 20. And then when I call, call, I re-raised. And then the straddle jams all in over the top of me. Okay. Um, I, I call. I tell them, well, we only run it once, you know. River and ace. I have ace king. He has ace queen. Um, everyone was like, oh, man, that's so messed up. I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of my response. Okay, I mean, I mean, I guess it gives that guy with ace queen false hope or whatever. Well, I mean, your cards were turned over, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, I turned them, I turned them over immediately and said I run it once. That's what I always do. Unless I have super suspect holdings. <laughs> no, that's I won't lie. I've done that too. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. The, the things that people seem to ooh and all over our table, maybe because we just played so damn much. But yeah, it kind of it. I kind of find it shocking at times. <laughs> I don't know if they were talking to me or the dealer, like being like, "Oh, dealer, how could you give them ace king versus ace queen?" Or me telling them I only run it once in a game that they always run it twice. The one thing that drives me crazy is, and this has happened several times, is when I get coolered all damn night and nobody says a damn thing, and then I'll get ace king versus ace queen or something. And hit that one and be like, oh, man, look what you did to that guy. <laughs> like, bitch, did you look? I, I mean, I've been here for four hours. <laughs> I've been getting set over set twice and a straight to a flush and everything. Where I'm like, where was your commentary right there? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was doing other stuff. I was on my phone then. <laughs> yeah, I only saw this one. <laughs> when I saw this one, you're a dirty river rat. <laughs> you're a dirty, lucky son of a. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess on that note, we'll probably wrap it up here. Try to go make the tournament in eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, this could be great. It's a 45-minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this will conclude episode 44. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week. Next week.